Some of you may have heard of a great theologian by the name of Harry Ironside. Dr. Ironside taught the Word of God for many years and um, spent his life teaching people how to study the Word of God and what it meant to know God. And uh, the Lord used him in a fantastic way. I heard a story one time that one of his students asked Dr. Ironside, since he had been studying the Word of God, what was the greatest truth that he had ever found? And he said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for my Bible tells me so. <laughs> and folks, I don't understand why the Lord loves me. I don't understand why he would do what he did for me. But this morning, I'm thankful that he loves me. And I want you to know that he loves you. If you don't hear anything else in this service this morning, hear that. Jesus loves you. Jesus wants you. Jesus don't need you and he don't need me. <laughs> but he loves us and he wants us to be a part of his family. What a blessing. Praise, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, worship team. You do such a good job. Two weeks ago, we looked at the uh, salutation of the angels in the Christmas story. And this morning, I want to continue where we left off. So take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter number 2, and we're going to talk this morning on the simplicity of the shepherds. You see, we looked at the salutation of the angels and what they said, and rightly so, for what they said is very, very powerful. I mean, it's, it's life-changing. It changed the world. Um, the message that they brought and on that first Christmas there when Jesus was born. And so let's, just very quickly, let's review and go back over what they told us. In Luke chapter 2 and verse 10, the Bible says, The angel said to the shepherd, Fear not. And I'm so thankful for that because, listen, if you know Jesus this morning, you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to be controlled by fear. You don't have to fear life. And praise God, you don't have to fear death. Folks, I know in whom I've placed my faith. I know that he is never going to let me down. I've been serving the Lord for uh, a little while now, and I've come to find out that he's never let me down. He's never failed me. He's always did exactly what he said he was going to do. I've failed him many times, but he has not failed me. And if he hadn't failed me yet, I don't think he's going to start. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. So I'm glad to tell you this morning, if you know Jesus, you don't have to fear. The angel said, fear not. But then they also said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Let's talk about joy just a minute. Because folks, if there's one thing that's missing in the lives of people today, I see it, it's joy. Man, I went to the, uh, to, uh, the uh, Target in Florence just yesterday, Christmas shopping. And I've never seen so many people in one place at a time pushing buggies. I mean, it's it was terrible for me. I'm not a shopper. I'm more of the kind of guy that sits on the bench on the outside and waits till all everything gets done. But yesterday I was shopping. And so we're in there shopping and, and walking around. And, and man, I would speak to people just to see how they would react. And you know that I'm going to say eight out of the ten people that I would speak to they, they had that, just that straight scowl on their face like, man, they just hated life and everything in it. 
And I thought, my goodness, these folks, they're missing the joy of the Lord. They're missing what they can have through the gift of Christmas. Amen. And that's what the angels are talking about. These are good tidings unto all people. This is a joyous message. Listen, if you know Jesus, you ought to have joy. You ought to have joy. Now, I'm not talking about happiness because that's two different things. Happiness and joy, that, that's not the same thing. Your happiness is dependent upon what happens to you. You can almost hear it in the word. So if what happens to you is positive, then you can, ha you can still be happy. But if what happens to you is then negative, you can lose that happiness. When I'm talking about joy, I'm not talking about something that can be lost. I'm talking about something that remains inside the soul of a child of God. Now, there's no doubt about it. When we allow unconfessed sin in our lives as believers, it can certainly hinder and damper our joy. They're dampen our joy. There's nothing. Uh, that, that, that's certainly true. It's true for all of us. But I'm telling you, if you've got the joy of Jesus deep down in your heart, deep down in your soul, regardless of what happens to you, you can still walk in joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Happiness changes. Joy doesn't have to change because joy is not dependent upon your circumstance or your situation. Your joy as a believer, as a Christ follower, is, it comes in Christ. It's a fruit of that precious Holy Spirit that now lives on the inside of you. So the angel said, these are good tidings for all men. It's a joyous message. Then he says something else. He says also that there is a Savior that will be born. And like I said before, God fulfilled our greatest need with his greatest gift to us, the Lord Jesus Christ. We needed a Savior, and he sent one. He, we were in a mess, and he fixed the only one that could fix the mess we are all or were all in. And then the Bible says it's for all people. Not some people, not a lot of people, not most people, but all people this message is for. It's for you. Praise God, it's for me. It's for anyone listening to me this morning, anywhere across this world. It's for all of us. All people. I love that. And then the Bible tells us that they said peace and goodwill toward men down in verse number 14. People are looking for peace. Can you say amen to that? People are searching for peace. <laughs> Some people try to find peace in every area the world has. In all types of different ways that the world offers, they try to find peace. And I was once there too. They try to find peace in a party. <laughs> or peace in a pill. Or peace in a relationship with another person. And they try to find peace and all of these different things, and they still find themselves empty and not content. They still find themselves searching further for that next pill, or that next party, or that next person. Listen to me very plainly this morning. If you want peace, you can have it, but the only way you can ever have real, lasting, true, life-changing peace is in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can't have peace until you know the Prince of Peace. And the Prince of Peace came at Christmas to give us this joy, to give us this peace, to give us purpose in our lives so we can really make a difference for the kingdom of God. It's amazing. This is the Christmas message. 
The salutation is powerful. What they said is amazing, these angels, when they spoke to the shepherds. But this morning, I want to shift our focus from what they said to who they said it to. So let's look at the shepherds here in in Luke chapter 2, starting in the 15th verse. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, watch this, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. Let us pray. Father, we love you. Again, thank you, Lord, for this great privilege of standing before these people with an open Bible. Lord, they need not hear what I have to say. Lord, I want to hear from you this morning. I want you to... Speak to me and speak through me. Thank you, Lord, for being with me in my preparation. And now I'm asking, Holy Spirit, that you guide this presentation, that you give us all exactly what we need. We're praying today that Satan be horrified, that you be glorified, and the church be edified. I'm praying today that you would do the work that only you are capable of. We realize without you we are bankrupt. We have no power whatsoever to really make a difference in the hearts and lives of people, but you do. We believe by the preaching of the word and by your power, Holy Spirit, lives are changed. And we're asking this morning that you change hearts and change lives and start with me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The simplicity of the shepherds is the first thing that I want you to see here. When God sent the angels to declare the birth of his son, he didn't send the angels to the priest that was in the temple. He didn't send the angels to the prince that was in the palace. He didn't send the angels to the king sitting on their throne. He sent the angels to the shepherds, the Bible says, that were abiding in the field, that were living in the field, watching over their flocks by night. Now, why is that so important? What does that mean about the coming of Christ? Well, it it means uh, everything for you and me because you've got to realize who these simple shepherds are. That's who God brought the message to first. These simple shepherds were just regular, everyday, working class people. Just regular folks, just like you and I. (laughs) These shepherds were sometimes even looked at as less than the rest of the society. As a matter of fact, under the laws of that day and that culture, shepherds couldn't even testify in open court. They didn't even have respect enough to be able to do that. Shepherds were looked at as dirty, smelly shepherds because they cared for, lived with, fed dirty, smelly sheep. (laughs) And so many times they were not even allowed in worship services in that day under the Old Testament law for they were considered unclean. They were treated as outcasts. Yet when Jesus came to this earth, When God himself sent angels to declare the birth of his precious son, he sent these angels to the shepherds abiding in the field. It's amazing to me. What does that tell us about the kingdom of God? What does that tell us about the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ? It tells me that this message, this good news, these glad tidings that the angels spoke about is truly for all people. It's for the kings in the palace, absolutely. 
It's for the princes and the priests. But I want to tell you, it's also for the lowly shepherd abiding in the field. I look through the Word of God and I see the ministry of Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And you see Jesus reaching out to those considered less than in society. See, Jesus didn't really have a whole lot of problem with whom the people called the real bad sinners. (laughs) He had a problem with the religious crowd. He had a problem with those sitting in the temple daily reading the Word of God. Praying prayers. He had a problem with them to the point that they physically had him put on the cross. Now we know all of us, spiritually speaking, it was for my sin, your sin, for everybody's sin that Jesus went. But physically speaking, it was the religious crowd that caused Jesus to be crucified. He didn't have a problem with the prostitutes and the tax collectors and those considered less than. As a matter of fact, he changed their very life. When no one else wanted to minister to the outcast, Jesus came and said, that's who I'm looking for. Go with me, if you will, please, to Mark chapter number 2. And watch what the Bible teaches us. Mark chapter 2 and verse number 13. And he went forth, meaning Jesus, again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the receipt of custom, and he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. Now, you need to understand what the Bible is teaching us here. The Bible says that Levi, or whom we know as Matthew, was a tax collector. Levi, Matthew, this tax collector, was hated by everybody. Let me tell you why. He was, first of all, collecting taxes for the Roman government, who were harsh rulers over the Jewish people, himself being a Jew. Now, the Romans hated the Jews. The Jews hated the Romans. So Matthew was hated by the Romans for being a Jew, and he was hated by the Jews for being a tax collector for the Romans. Everybody hated this guy. Tax collectors were seen about as low as anybody that you could um, possibly imagine in that day. I heard uh, uh, one pastor say that a tax collector in that day was about as low as a snake's belly in a wagon wheel track. That's about as low as you can get, isn't it? That's how low they were seen. But when Jesus, listen, when he walked by Matthew, he looked and said, follow me. Matthew, I want you. Did Jesus need Matthew? No, he didn't need him. Let let me ask you this. Does Jesus need Israel Price? No, he don't need me. Let me ask you this. Does Jesus need you? No, he don't need you. Let me tell you why. Because he's the omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient God of the universe who can do all things, knows all things, and can be all places. He don't need us. The great news of the gospel is that he wants us, regardless of who you are. Regardless of what rung of the social ladder you find yourself. Matthew was on the bottom rung, but Jesus said, I want you, follow me. 
Now watch. Watch what happens. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. Do you see that? Jesus sat down with the sinners. Jesus sat down with the publicans, the tax collectors. Jesus sat down with the prostitutes. Jesus sat down with those considered to be less than. Shouldn't we do the same? If we are going to be like Christ. Now listen, he sat down with them. He didn't participate in the activity they were doing, but he was willing to sit down with them so that he might get to know them. So that he might minister to their need. (laughs) And folks, listen to me. We, as Christ followers... Must we be willing to sit down with all people because the message is for all people? Dr. Leonard Ravenhill is one of my favorite writers. He said this. He said that Jesus probably would not be accepted in about 90% of modern churches today. I agree with that. If we're going to be like Jesus... We've got to preach this message with our lips. We've got to live out this message with our life. Not only to the prince in the palace, but certainly to the pauper on the street. The less than crowd. God sent his message of the birth of Christ first to the shepherd, those who were considered less than. Jesus sat down and ate with the publican and sinners. Jesus touched the unclean, filthy leper. Why? Because he loved them. The Bible says that the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart and in your heart as a believer by the person of the Holy Spirit. Brothers, if you will, please put for me on the screen Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. Romans 5, verse number 5 tells us, That for the believer, we have the love of God in us. A hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. By who? By the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Now, if we know the love of God, then we can and should show the love of God. Not to some, but to all people. Not to the ones that it's easy to show love to because not everybody's easy to love. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I'm not easy to love. Y'all know that. (laughs) Most of you. I'll be honest with you. Sometimes you're not easy to love. Amen. We're all in the same boat, ain't we? What what I'm saying, we're just all people. We all still have this sinful nature that we struggle with from time to time. We all can be selfish. We all can be a problem to love but Jesus said we don't love everybody if you're truly going to be a follower of me the love of God has been shown to us and we ought to show it to others amen very practical ways that you can do that whatever gifts and abilities and talents that you have God has given you those gifts those abilities and those talents so that you might show the love of Christ and you can do it in a lot of different ways had a lady just Wednesday night, she showed the love of Jesus by giving me a fried 
peach pie. Well, praise God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I can't, I, can't, um, I can't show the love of Christ that way. You wouldn't feel love if I cooked you a fried peach pie. But she can. Why? Because she has that gift and that ability, that talent. And she's willing to use it to show the love of Jesus. Isn't that good? Anybody else that has the gift of cooking, cooking fried peach or apple or chocolate pies, feel free to use it. So what gift, what ability, what talent do you have? How can you show the love of Jesus this week? God wants to use you. God can use you. God will use you if you'll let him. And listen, when you begin serving the Lord by serving others, that's when this Christian walk gets exciting. Dr. David Jeremiah says, if you really want to have joy in your life, the recipe is this, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. He's right. He's right. This week, show the love of Jesus however you can, wherever you can, because God has put people in your life for a reason. Those people at your workplace, listen, those people, God put you there for a reason, and I have to continually remind myself of that always. Right? I'm here for a reason. God's got me here so that I might reach out and show the love of Christ to somebody around me daily. Remember that. In your school, young people, God's put you where you are for a reason. Show the love of Jesus there. However you can, wherever you can, whenever you can. According to your gifts, your abilities, your talents. Now, Jesus goes on to say in Mark chapter number 2, Verse 16, when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he that eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but watch this, sinners to repentance. Let me tell you the, the great problem with what the scribes and Pharisees are actually saying here. The, the, their problem is they were sinners of the highest degree and they didn't realize it. Some of the meanest people I've ever been around are those who consider themselves righteous by their own works. And that's who the publicans were. I mean, that's who the Pharisees were. Jesus called them, Brother Ben read it this morning before service, he called them hypocrites who praised the Lord with their lips, but their heart was far from him. He called them Open graves full of dead men's bones. They look real good on the outside, but they're full of death on the inside. And these men who were the chiefest sinners, who Jesus had the most problem with, are now questioning why he would eat with those filthy publicans. Why would he eat and sit down at a meal with the prostitutes? Why would he sit down at a meal with the less than crowd? Why did God... Send his message through the angels to the shepherds who were a part of the less than crowd. Well, I'll tell you why. Because he came for us all. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You need to see the simplicity of the shepherds. But folks, I also want you to see, how is this significant to you and me? What does this mean for, for, for us? Do you, do you ever feel less than? Anybody? 
Am I the only one? Do you ever feel inadequate? Do you ever feel as though you don't measure up? Do you ever feel like maybe you're not the one deserving of what someone else has? Maybe you're just, they're just a cut above you in some way. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? Sometimes we feel that way because of social norms. I mean, these shepherds, they were a nomadic people. They didn't even have homes to live in. Wherever the sheep were, where the sheep slept, is where they slept. That's why it says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 8, the shepherds were abiding in the field. They were living there. They didn't have the stuff that everybody else had. So according to those, their social norms, they may have felt less than. Some of you may feel less than according to social norms. The stuff you have or don't have. Now, I talked to a young man this week. It's amazing how God puts people in your path from time to time. And it was a God thing, I'm telling you. I wish I had more time to tell you about what all that happened, but it was amazing. I had a young man call me up this week, said that he had been saved about a year and a half. And he just wanted to meet with me and talk about some things because he wanted to go, go deeper into the Word of God and learn more. And so I, I met and had lunch with him Friday. It's amazing. I'm going to tell you something. The fire of God was on this young man. I love being around people like that. You're talking about encouraging to me and in many ways convicting to me. When I saw this zealous overwhelming excitement and joy that was just flowing from this young man. I thought, my goodness, God's about to do something right here. Now, in the course of us talking with one another, he began asking about education. And he somehow felt less than, like he couldn't be used of the Lord because he didn't have the education that others had. And, and I, want to, I want to tell you what I told him. How I many know there ain't nothing wrong with education? You ought to get all of it you can get. And my advice to you is get it as early as you can. Don't wait till you're an old man like me because then it's really tough, I promise. So get all of it you can, but let me tell you something. Even though education is certainly helpful, it's not necessary. Wake up! It's not necessary. Let me tell you what I mean by that. It's not necessary for you to be used of the Lord because, listen, our teacher, our, our, our ultimate teacher is none other than God the Holy Spirit. Do you remember what Jesus said in John 14 and John 16? He said, it's beneficial for, for the disciples that he goes away. You've got to remember what they must have been thinking. Here are men who left everything, their homes, their jobs, and they followed Jesus for three and a half years through his earthly ministry. And all of a sudden, guys, now you can't go where I'm going. They had to be discouraged. They had to feel like, Lord, what in the world are you doing? Why are you leaving us? But he said, it's beneficial for you if I go, for if I don't go, the helper can't come. I'm going to send one back just like myself. He's going to be your paraclete, the one who comes alongside to help you. He's going to be your teacher, your guide, your comforter, and he's going to testify of me. So let me ask you something, child of God. Who is our ultimate teacher? It's God the Holy Spirit. I love 
that Peter was just a fisherman who had been with Jesus. But he became the first pastor of the first church in Jerusalem. Stood up on the day of Pentecost, preached, and 3,000 people got saved. The God was working on him, working in him, and working through him in such a way that as he walked through the streets of Jerusalem, just when his shadow would pass over people, they'd be healed. He didn't have the education that Nicodemus had or Caiaphas, the high priest, had. He didn't have any of that. But what he did have was the power of God. Nothing wrong with education, but don't don't feel as though you're less than because you're not as educated as someone else. I've come to find out that Christmas is certainly a joyous time. I love Christmas, but let me tell you what else. It's also a very sad time for a lot of people. It may be sad for you this morning because Christmas time is a time when you have to be around family who consider you less than. Friends, or so-called friends, who might consider you as less than. I'm going to clear some things up for you this morning. and I hope and pray, I hope and pray that I can help you today. Listen to me. Your value is not determined by what somebody else thinks or says. Do you hear me? I'm not talking about worth. There's a difference in value and worth. How many of you understand none of us, none of us, are worthy for what Jesus has done? If I get what I'm worthy of, if I get what I deserve, I get a devil's hell. All of us do. So I'm not worthy of the sacrifice made for me. But let me tell you this. I am certainly valued by God. And you are too. My son years ago loved Hot Wheels. He loved them. Every night around the uh, kitchen table, he would line up his Hot Wheels and have races and see which one won out in the race. And and we played with Hot Wheels all the time when he was a little boy. I remember um, when he was probably, I don't know, four, maybe five years old, there was a 55 Chevrolet uh, Hot Wheel car that he had. And we was all lining them up one night and we was playing with them. I said, son, that's my favorite car right there. And so it wasn't it wouldn't long before um, Christmas. It was right close to Christmas. And I'll never forget that Christmas my son gave to me his 55 Chevrolet. I'm going to tell you something. It's scratched and beat up and it's fell off the table a bunch of times and it's been raced probably 100,000 miles around the living room. I mean, it looks pretty rough. But let me tell you this. I wouldn't take $10,000 for that 55 Chevrolet. Not because it's worth it, but because I value it. It means something to me. Now, you're not worth what Jesus did, but you are valued by God so much. Are you hearing me? That he put his son on a cross for you. See, I've got to the point where I really don't care what men think. I don't want to offend men. I'm not trying to hurt men. I'm not trying to, or women or anybody else. That's not my point. But it don't bother me what you think. Right? Because I know how much I'm valued. Do you see how that clears a lot of stuff up? See, you don't have to have an inferiority complex as a Christian, and you shouldn't have because you are valued. Not worthy, but you're valued. God 
values you and sees you as an adopted son or daughter in the kingdom. Quit worrying about what everybody else says or thinks. You don't have to measure up to anybody else. God says, I love you enough just like you are. I value you enough just like you are to make you a part of my family. Amen? Ain't God good? Quit worrying about all that other stuff that sometimes clouds your mind and sometimes steals your joy. God loves you today. He values you today. You need to see the simplicity of the shepherds. But I want you to see what that really means for us. God values us. You may think yourself less than. Other people may think yourself that you are less than. God values you. Quit thinking about your idea of you or somebody else's idea of you, what's God's idea of you? That's who you really are. Amen? I want you to see the sureness of the shepherds as well. The Bible says in Luke chapter 2 that they went and found the baby in the manger with Mary and Joseph, just like the angel said. And they were so sure that God had done the work he told them through the angels that he would do, that they left praising and glorifying God and telling everybody they met what God had done in their life. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, verse 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Wow. This Christmas season, we ought to imitate the shepherds. If you're sure of what Jesus has done for you, and you're happy about it, you're joyful about it, why not go tell somebody else? That's one thing that just blessed my soul about that young man Friday. He'd been saved for a year and a half, and he still wasn't over it. He hadn't got over it yet. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit of God was all over that young man. Just, he, the, the Word of God was just pouring from him. It was just spilling over. My cup runneth over is what I kept. That's the scripture I kept thinking about as I was sitting there talking with him. It's amazing. love that. Listen to me, folks. If you're sure of what God's done, don't be like we are so many times and keep it all to ourselves. Be like the shepherds and be a conduit through which the blessing of God flows to others. Tell somebody how good Jesus is, what he's done for you, how he's changed you. You may tell you a good visitation program that really works. When you get people so fired up about Jesus, 
so excited about who Jesus is and what Jesus has really done. So sure of how God's worked in their lives that they've got to go out and tell others about who the Lord is and what he's doing. People want that. People are fired up about that. People are sick and tired, and I am too, of churchianity. Christianity is when the life of Christ flows from us. The sureness of the shepherds, what they had saw and what God had done for them personally spilled out to others. May that be true of us as well this Christmas season. I'm thankful God came to simple shepherds. If he can do it for the shepherd, he can do it for me. He can do it for you. He can do it for us all. Amen? Everybody stand together this morning. Let me tell you what I want to do this morning. I, I just want to praise the Lord. And um, be a little bit different of an invitation. Now, you're always invited to come to this altar. This altar is always open. Whenever you need to come and get along with the Lord, you come. And I want to pray with you if I can as your pastor. That's a great privilege for me. But what I want to do this morning, I just want to, I just want to sing praise unto him, unto him for what he's done. Br brother, could you do um, the love of God, the hymn song? Could we do that today? And as a way of dismissal, I want you to sing about God's love. And remember, remember. God loves you. He values you. Regardless of what anybody else says or does or don't do, God loves you. Do you know Him? Do you? Do you really know Him? Are you sure that God has done a work in your life like the shepherds were sure God had done a work in their life? Do you know, do you know that you know that you've been born again? If you don't, then I invite you today, come. Today, you can nail it down and be sure. Today's the day I trusted in Jesus for the forgiveness of my sin. Don't leave this place not knowing today, not being sure today of what the Lord has done in your heart and life. Don't wait. If you need the Lord, you come. We're just going to sing together right now this song, and I'm inviting you to worship Him, to glorify the Lord. The Bible says that when the angels appeared they glorified the Lord <laughs> because Jesus had came that's the same reason I'm glorifying today because Jesus has came he's came and did for me personally what I couldn't do he's made a difference in my heart and life so let's praise him let's glorify him for he alone is worthy brother lead us in song please